Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I am talking with uh, Dr. Michael Wu, who is Chief AI Strategist at Pros. How are you doing, Dr. Wu? I'm doing just fine. Now, before we start, tell us a bit about your background so we know who you are. Uh, how far do you want to go back? Well, just a brief, <laughs> just uh, let's say last few years. Just uh, Yeah, so la- last year I've been at uh, Pros. Um, so I'm the Chief AI Strategist. And um, I would say before that, I had been the chief scientist at a social media company in the, in the Silicon Valley. Yeah. And um, and then maybe before that, I was doing my PhD uh, modeling the human brain yeah. with machine learning. Yeah. So. And also, you also uh, work with Berkeley as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That must be interesting as well. Yeah, I'm the lecturer. I kind of helped them develop one of their AI program that's yeah. for um, for non-technical people. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Now. Earlier today in your talk, you spoke about the brief evolution of business intelligence. We're talking about descriptive, predictive, and perspective analytics. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because that's an, uh, a, I would say, a natural kind of pr- uh, trajectory yeah. of how business intelligence has evolved, and it's the actually the, the kind of the the precursor to AI. Yeah. Right? Because once you get into um, prescriptive analytics where the machine or through data right is able to tell you what to do yeah. by prescribing an action that optimizes uh, some objective right yeah. uh, then the natural thing is is to progress into AI right yeah. because now the AI can actually just instead of telling you what to do or prescribe you an, uh, um, actions a sequence of actions and what to do right it just actually do it for you and make the decisions for you yeah, yeah. I guess right now we, for years we've collected all this data and now technology is there to let us use this data in, in a good way which is where AI comes in yeah I think that data I mean well I was I would say that a little bit more cautious as well because yeah. I mean you know uh, Data and AI, they're, they're tools, yeah. right? So uh, anyone could use them, right? So it all depends on um, the intention of yeah. the people who uh, have these uh, data and, and AI at hand, right? Because yeah. so, yeah. I look at these tools, and these tools can be used for peaceful means or for, or for nefarious means. So exactly. as long as we have rules in place, like for example, Isaac, Isaac Asimov brought in the rules of, of robotics, mm-hmm. and those are things that we look on now as... Think we should be doing it, but AI there should be similar rules as I think brought in. Exactly, I think there there should be right. I mean, yeah. I, obviously, I think there's uh, we we haven't really quite got there yet because AI has progressing so fast. Yeah, that uh, I think <laughs> the legislature uh, is a little bit uh, slower. Yeah, uh, and they haven't caught up, you know, with everything that's um, that's been developed yet. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's 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 a bit of a struggle, right? And but I think it needs to be. I think it's um, yeah. Yeah, because I don't remember twelve years ago when AI first got Siri on an iPhone, and that was groundbreaking. And then looking back now, we're looking at it, and I was ubiquitous everywhere where we see AI has been used without us knowing it, like the cloud was. Yeah, I mean it's it's everywhere in our life now. Yeah. I mean it's it just may not be as kind of upfront as I would say, you know, ChatGPT something like that that you. Uh, but it's actually embedded in a lot of, you know, uh, for example, even Amazon or yeah. you, know, you go to Amazon, buy something or what you see, what you 
you know, what's being shown to you, you know, all those are actually the result of some kind of AI algorithm behind. Exactly. Yeah. If you go to Amazon and say you're watching Amazon Prime or you're buying a product, it recommends things to buy, things to watch. Exactly. On what you've done previously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that's a, a you know, perfectly valid example of an AI kind of working kind of on, on the back that you don't quite really see the algorithm, right? Yeah. At, but it's actually, um, you know, uh, recommending content. And same thing as if you, and any, any social media, your news feed and everything, yeah. right? It's, it's probably curated by some kind of <laughs> algorithm out there. Yeah, it's like well. 12 years ago, people saw a collective people didn't know what it was and how they were using it. Now it's ubiquitous, we're in a back pocket, we don't know what's there, and AI is getting like that, that, we, that we, we're using it without knowing it, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely going to be much more pervasive, yeah. right? And yeah, I think that yeah, some people actually forgot who it was. They're like, the best technology are the ones that you don't know they exist, yeah. right? because they're being so pervasive that you just take it kind of for granted. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And getting back to AI, how would you define AI? What's the definition of AI? Because yeah, I, I think the simplest way to define AI is that uh, it's a machine mimicry of human behavior yeah. with two very important criteria. One is the ability to automate um, decisions and actions. Yeah. And the second one is the ability to learn. And yeah. what that means is that it has to be able to improve its performance uh, with usage. The more you use it, the better it gets at what it's actually doing. Yeah, and yeah. I guess with AI, that also involves machine learning because without that, you won't learn. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the machine learning is the component of AI that yeah. enable the AI to, to learn, right? So I think that's a lot of people actually kind of are confused and misunderstood uh, what machine learning is and what AI is, right? So, you know, machine learning is actually a part of AI. It's yeah. a part that, you know, it's, it's part of the AI that enable the AI to, to learn from data. Well, I can say it's part of the AI, AI brain. And if it's not there, the AI won't. Like a few person, has an injury, head injury, and loses, and loses part of the brain, uh, sensory stuff is gone, if that won't work anymore. And with AI, without machine learning, it can't do what it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, you could probably think, I mean, there's a little bit of a difference in that analogy, but I think yeah. overall, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah I'm just trying to yeah. subscribe in layman terms, so anybody who doesn't know much will know basically, mm -hmm. oh, I get it now, because it's like a human brain, and the, and the human brain needs certain things to work. Mm -hmm. And without and machine learning, AI can't do its full job. Yeah, it would, it would just be, without the machine learning, right, it would just be, I would say, you know, you just have automation, basically, yeah. right? And it, automation, we've seen them, um, you know, in, say, factory assembly lines, right? So those are, yeah. you know, dumb automation, yeah. right? So they're, they're, you know, if something kind of uh, was misaligned, right, so the assembly line stops, right? Yeah. So you, you know, you, you basically... Uh, need a human there to to adjust, you know, to maybe put everything into alignment again, and then yeah. the assembly line will go right. But then the next time it actually gets misaligned again, right? Then it, you know, the human needs to intervene, so intervene and kind of realign them, right? So it actually never learned. You never yeah. learned that, you know, you, you can actually, you know, twist this thing a little bit to get a realign, and then, right? So having the machine learning, right? Having data about like the, you know, where things are aligned in the assembly line, right? Yeah. Once you take that data in, right? You can actually learn that okay, every time when when this uh, when this angle is, is bigger than a certain amount, then it gets misaligned, and then you will have to kind of realign it, right? So it will, when you have the data feedback, yeah. and you have the machine learning to actually learn from the data, it can actually uh, you know learn what the human did when when yeah. the assembly line was halted for the misalignment reason, right? And then you will learn from that, and then next time you actually is halted for the same reason, then you can actually readjust that yeah, alignment. I guess, right? I guess basically you're saying can it, can an AI think for itself and make decisions? without humans getting involved? 
Uh, eventually they can. Yeah, because yeah. at the moment, if, if the human is involved, when we're using AI, it negates the purpose of why have AI if humans are so good to be there doing it. Well, actually, that's also a mis misconception as well. A lot yeah. of people think that, you know, if humans are, if AI is not as good as human, right? Yeah. Why use AI? Yeah. Right? And that's actually a, a, a kind of a, a thinking that that's in, not quite correct because AI, even though they may not be as good as human, yeah. we could still use them and generate a lot of ROI. Yeah. And the reason is because they're so much more efficient. Yeah. Right? Even so, like, you know, you could actually use an AI that's suboptimal to a human being, right? Yeah. But because they don't need to, you know, sleep, they don't need to rest, right? You can actually use them to take care of the, like, you know, the say even just fifty percent of the 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 problem that was really easy one, the ones that that's really really simple, yeah, right. And you would still be a huge gain for business, yeah, right. And then the rest of it, you know, you you could still have human deal with it because AI obviously is not as good as human, so it can't deal with the difficult cases, yeah. right. So you could, you know, uh, enable human to focus on the the more difficult cases and have AI automate the one that's simple, that's easy, right. Yeah. And you still get a lot of benefit from that. Yeah, I guess until AI can understand human nature. It's, it's going to be involved. So certain things they will do, but then they'll leave humans to do the bits of where you used to, which interaction and how to deal with people properly. Well, I think AI, you know, that, well, understanding human nature may be a little bit, you know, uh, difficult because right now there's no good mechanism to yeah. collect data about what human nature is, yeah. right? So if you have a mechanism to uh, maybe, you know, um, collect data on, on what human nature is, right? And and yeah, maybe AI could understand it one day, yeah. right? And also yeah. as well, I'm thinking that when you're dealing with different cultures, if you're dealing with like from the Middle East or Asia or Europe or America, mm -hmm. everyone does things in different ways. So you gotta make sure that when AI can understand that this person is human, mm -hmm. but this person is not generic human, it's, it's from a certain continent or, or mm -hmm. area. And how do they how do they do things their way? Yeah, so, so that's actually why, you know, like the, having that data is also important, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when you, uh, when the AI kind of was uh, become familiar interacting with say like the Western culture, right? Yeah. That it will behave a certain way, right? Uh, right? That's, you know, acceptable and kind of, you know, probably the norm for Western culture, right? But when you try to use that same AI in a, in a completely different culture, right? Then it may, you know, you may actually get a negative feedback and yeah. say like, this is not actually not how, you, not how you do it. And then the human have to step in and teach it, you know, how to do it a different way, right? Yeah. Or, um, yeah, to correct it essentially. To And then now uh, the AI will have to actually have to essentially uh, relearn uh, this, you know, what how to do the same thing in this different culture. And I also guess another thing would be languages. You might have a word in English, and mm -hmm. in, in, in another language, that would be something different. So you got to make sure it understands what you're saying as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's not difficult, right? No. Right, right now, I mean, because language exists on the web already, yeah. right? You have all the languages around the world on the web, and and they're not represented in equal proportion, yeah. right? I mean, obviously. Predominantly, you know, I would say English is probably dominant. Yeah. A, a lot of the uh, content on the on the internet, but all the language exists. So if you ha that data actually exists, yeah. so you can actually take all that data and then AI can actually learn to make sense of it. Right. And in fact, there's actually a lot of um, autom automatic kind of language translation. You know, going from one language to another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I'm thinking, for example, Spanish. Like, if you think about Spanish, people assume all of the world is the exact same. But Central American, South American Spanish is different than mm -hmm. the Spanish spoken in Spain. Sure. So you have to make sure that you, that, that, and same with like English spoken over here and in, in America, we use different phrases. Sure. You have to make sure that it understands yep. all that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, 
that yeah. data exists, right? Yeah. So, you know, the way that people Irish write English and English, uh, or was like to say, American write yeah. English, right? It's written English is probably different based on what they say is different, right? So those data exist. Yeah. So the AI can easily pick up the difference between Irish and English and American English. Yeah, and also I guess when you're writing, we, we use S, you a lot of Zs. Yes. So make sure it knows that basically oh, this is Z, this is American spelling. Uh, yes. Uh, that's, that's, that's Irish or British or maybe Canadian. So the, it knows which is which. Yes, yes. I think that's, that's, that would be a, a relatively easy task for yeah. uh, an AI to pick up. Yeah. Now, getting back to AI adoption, is it growing fast enough? Well, I think it's going, you know, I mean, from my perspective, I, th I think it's not going fast enough. Yeah. I would hope that more people adopt AI and, and realize and recognize the benefit from it. And, you know, so I would like it to go faster. But I think, you know, for most people, you know, they may think that it's probably going too fast because yeah. they're having uh, difficulty adjusting to the different, a new way of working, right? A new way, because it is disruptive. Yeah. Just like, you know, COVID, for example, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's disruptive to our life, you know, but uh, um, we adapt, right? We, we're going to adapt, right? We humans actually have a lot of potential to adapt as well, you yeah. know, because uh, AI is actually, you know, built to kind of mimic uh, some characteristics of our human kind of neural processing, right? So, so we can, because we can adapt, AI can adapt, right? Yeah. But AI can actually adapt much faster because they actually have experience. You can actually see a lot more data from a lot more variety of sources. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think for a lot of people, it's a disruption. So if they don't like it, you know, but <laughs> because they, they have to change something. Uh, but I, from my perspective, I, I would say that, you know, it, it could have been it could go faster and I yeah. think that uh, different people ultimately chooses what's the right pace for them yeah. Yeah. you mentioned earlier briefly uh, now about basically humans can change I'm thinking earlier we spoke about Darwin mm -hmm. and how over the years we've adapted and changed and what we once were to what we are now mm -hmm. we've, we've changed society and AI is going to be like that with us we're going to go along with it and change with it yes yes I think so I think AI will actually maybe even help us adapt better yeah I think that you know it has the ability to uh, through data right to see uh, parts of the environment that we may not be aware of right for example in the example in some of the people were talking yeah. at the, the Q&A session uh, that you know in the media industry right people need to kind of do a B testing to kind of figure out whether the algorithm had changed right so so maybe AI could just figure it out right yeah. I mean, you know right now for a human to look at those data to figure out what's what's what has changed it may took us a while right but AI yeah. could easily figure those out very quickly so. I'm thinking basically of the TV show the Mad Men where they're trying to predict when we're going to do ads what ads are going to work best the AI can now basically tell like a media organization these 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 ads have seen the most, or these stories have seen the most, so we know what to target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so for marketing, right? I mean, it's a very um, simple and yeah. very well understood, you know, um, kind of use case for AI, yeah. right? Targeting, recommendation, and, and all that. Right? It's it's a yeah. It it like I said, as long as you have the data, it's it's, it's enough data, right? It's it's not difficult for the yeah, AI. Because uh, yeah. I think that data is there to be used. And as long as we use it properly, it's going to save us a lot of time, money in the long term. Yes. Yeah. I think you use. I mean, so, yeah. If you like, you said it right. I think yeah. the thing is that you have to be used properly. Yeah. Right. And and used properly also means that you have to use it in a way that's, uh, I would say, um, you know, in a way that's actually fair and unbiased yeah. as well. Right. So you don't want to just okay, you know. Um, marginalize any group or anything like that so because the mode like for example during an election if you suddenly see 
that one person's winning, you're going to assume, oh, yeah, they got more votes. When in reality, it could be because less people are, are going to vote or can vote mm-hmm. because then they've been marginalised. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking of as well. Of that. And that's happening all around the world. Not, not just in America, but other parts of the world, you're getting that scenario as well. Sure. And if somebody, for example, is, is able to vote and suddenly they've got nowhere to live, where they get their voting card sent to, they can't vote. And then you're assuming, <laughs> oh, uh, this government has got back in because they've got the most votes. Well, actually, no, it's because if you look on a breakdown of data, you will see that people uh, didn't vote maybe because they had nowhere to live and they had to work if they uh, live, get the voting card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's those are things that, you know, uh, over time, right? I think we'll, we'll refine it. I yeah. think that, you know, maybe AI won't pick that up right away. But I think over time, you know, like this is where why I said like we AI actually do need human supervision, yeah. especially right now in this stage uh, where AI is actually rather new and, and kind of immature. It actually it learns a lot from our data that already exists. But yeah. the problem is the data is actually biased. It doesn't doesn't cover everything, right? Yeah. So that's when human supervision is absolutely necessary. I yeah. guess that's to make sure that the AI is neutral. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, neutral or, or you know, there's many things, right? Many yeah. things that uh, humans are there to, to teach the AI, how yeah, to behave, right? Maybe, maybe it's not about, sometimes it's not about being neutral, right? Some, you know, for example, like a fraud detection algorithm, yeah. right? I mean, you actually, you know, <laughs> almost like kind of artificially discriminate against the fraudsters, right? Yeah. You want to catch the fraudster, right? Because yeah. they're, they're there, because you want to oversample the, the cases of fraud, right? Yeah. So this, these are kind of outlier detection algorithms are actually on purposely kind of, yeah. we want them to be non-neutral, right? <laughs> to, to be kind of almost uh, set in a bad way, yeah. But also you want to make sure that it doesn't discriminate against a certain, a certain race or people. Of course. As well, yeah. because you might get a scenario that for years we've always mm-hmm. had this joke about women can't drive and they always crash cars, when in reality that's not true. Mm-hmm. We don't want suddenly an insurance algorithm to come in and say, oh, because you're a woman, we're going to charge you more. That's right, yeah. So. So here's what I want to kind of clarify a little bit, yeah. right? I mean, this is a, when we say AI bias, right? Yeah. And so there's bias, you know, uh, not always bad. Like this example that I gave about like, you know, if you bias against uh, people who commit fraud, yeah. right? Then it's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. But if you marginalize, kind of discriminate against any protected characteristics, yeah. right? And that's kind of, you know, every country had their own definition of what those protected, uh, protected characteristics yeah. are, right? So gender, race, you know, whatever, all, all yeah. those are. So if you uh, uh, discriminate against that, right, then obviously that's very, very bad. Right? Yeah. And we need to teach AI to not, you know, uh, leverage those attributes, you know, or not use those attributes or should, you know, uh, to make their decision based on those attributes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it should be like a bouncer in a nightclub who decides who gets in. It should be able to say, well, look, and you go, and it shouldn't be any problems like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because so <laughs> I know that that's a weird analogy, but I'm seeing you go to a nightclub and you, and I might say, oh, you first time walking in and doesn't know who you are, so oh, regulars only, because mm-hmm. it doesn't know you. And the AI will be able to distinguish that you, you're, you're a good person, in you go, it won't be biased like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, oh, yeah, eventually, I think that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, and also, yeah. when you're talking, you also mentioned something that I found very interesting. We went through four industrial revolutions. Can you briefly describe this? Because that was a very interesting. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's been in history for a long time. Yeah. yeah, so the first industrial revolution basically is, you know, came about because the invention of the steam engine. Yeah. Right. And um, so a lot of, I would say, factory were, were built, you know, to kind of, you know, we, we automate a lot of our physical work. Right. So instead of using uh, human labor and also like animal 
uh, labor, right? We now can actually use steam power, right? Yeah. To to um, to get a lot more efficient um, kind of power output, right? From a physical perspective, right? And the second industrial revolution is basically the invention of electricity, yeah. right? And uh, that you know again can enable, I would say, uh, transmission of power, electricity, and energy through yeah. long distance, and. And the third industrial revolution is uh, basically the uh, digital computer yeah. right? that enables us to do computation at a much larger, faster, uh, uh, much larger scale, much faster speed. Yeah. And finally, the fourth industrial revolution, I believe, is going to be the um, you know the AI kind of intelligence revolution. Yeah. Right? And and these are called industrial revolution because they are not specific to any industry, right? They're they're, yeah. they're kind of uh, um, the technology of steam engine can be applied to shipping or textile or, or any yeah. you know uh, same thing as electricity it's not it's, it has broad impact across many many different industries yeah. many different kinds of work right and same thing as computer it can be applied to you know anything right yeah and likewise you know um, you know uh, with AI is likely to catalyze the fourth industrial revolution yeah. because it can be applied to so many different areas of our work, yeah. right? So it's it's actually uh, going to change, you know, fundamentally how we work in every industry, right? So well, to me, they're all, all disruptors, and disruptors can be good because they yeah. make us change and, and, mm -hmm. and see how we're doing things and why we're doing things the right way and the wrong way. Yeah, I, I think they're ultimately, you know, like I said, you know, it's a tool, right? Yeah. I mean, it can be good and it can be bad, right? I mean, some people are, I mean. Hopefully, right? <laughs> People yeah. use it for good, but unfortunately, I, I do think that there are probably you know some bad actors who you know will use it for bad, right? Yeah. And we just have to you know deal with it. I mean, and those are always the trade-off you know with any technology, right? It's it's always you know you had good actors and bad actors, and yeah. we, we have to kind of encourage the good actors and you know kept the damage you know of the bad actor to minimal. Yeah, and lastly. Uh, I guess the current AI tool we're talking about is ChatGTP. How can we maximize the potential of that, and you, uh, uh, as in a, a use for good rather than bad? Well, I mean, I think ChatGPT is it's a it's a chatbot, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say it's the current AI. It's, it's certainly the one that's uh, you know popular yeah. now uh, because it's uh, it's drawn a lot of attention, you know, because uh, both the what it's able to do and what it's able to kind of um, uh, get the interest of the public. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of using it for good, right? I mean, you could use it for anything, right? I mean, yeah. people can, like I said, AI can be applied to anything. People have used it to kind of, you know, automate their uh, grunt task of, yeah. you know, writing kind of performance reports. Uh, people have used it to, uh, you know, uh, help them create skeleton codes, you know, yeah. like for, for in, certainly for people like me in data science, right, we could use it to, to help us write some uh, simple codes and even refine the code. So there are lots and lots of things that people could use it for. I mean, it, it's, but it, ultimately, I think it it's, will um, make, I would say, these technology lot more accessible so, so for example like you know previously you need a you know uh, a statistics or computer science uh, major to to write uh, code right yeah. to, to, to write programming you know in anything any language you want 
but now you can actually describe what you want and ChatGPT to actually write them in Go for you. Yeah. Essentially, translate your natural language, your whatever. It doesn't even have to be English. You could be, you could say that in Japanese or or, yeah. or any language you want, and then it will translate them into Go, and then could be executed by a machine, right? So yeah, yeah. So you don't even need to know how to write code anymore because machine uh, can write it for you. Yeah, and also because it's it's basically cloud based, you don't need a big machine behind you. You can use dumb terminal, which is your laptop, your desktop, or your phone to do this or tablet. Well, I think that's a that's a, probably a little bit of a misunderstanding. It's actually usable right now because people are paying for it. Somebody yeah. is paying for it, right? Microsoft and, and uh, people who partner with them yeah. are actually paying for it. This is actually very expensive to run. If actually we are paying for it, yeah. we probably would not use it uh, as much as, for example, the search engine. It's actually yeah. thousands of times more expensive than the search engine uh, query. Yeah, I know yeah. that, but I'm just saying that we, Years yeah. ago, when we when we that kind of would be in a big room, whereas mm -hmm. now it's accessible anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's it, it it is definitely accessible to everyone. Yeah. But I would still say that you know, right now, I mean, uh, the company has investment. It has you know, some people essentially subsidize it. Yeah. Right? And one day they may not you know subsidize it, and uh, that cost will be passed onto the consumer who actually use it. Yeah. Then it, it, we'll see. I mean, because right now it's new, right? I mean, I think people got hype. You know, there's a lot of value and potential. Yeah. So people could, uh, I would say, maybe people are willing to subsidize it for a much longer time in the future. But yeah, it, in terms of the cost to run this type of technology, it is not cheap. It yeah. is actually, you know, many more times, thousands of times, much more expensive than yeah. running the data center that's needed for to run the search engine, yeah. for example. Yeah. Because I've seen a recent user with the Microsoft Edge, new engine, it's brilliant what it can do with mm -hmm. that. And Microsoft signed a big deal yep. for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And that shows why they're getting investment in, which means that yep. as long as the investment keeps coming in, it's going to be able to evolve in a good way and we have to access it without worrying about what will it cost us. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I'll say thanks very much for that, Michael, and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Yeah, thank thanks. you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News, on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news, on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE, and on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.